This is the Everyday AI Show, the everyday podcast where we simplify AI and bring its power to your fingertips. Listen daily for practical advice to boost your career, business, and everyday life. How can enterprise companies use generative AI? Uh, I think so many times on the Everyday AI Show, we talk about a lot of small business entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, but uh, I'm excited today because we can get a look um, from someone on the inside about how big companies, enterprise companies are using generative AI. Uh, I'm excited today for our guest from Walmart. But before we get to that, I want to start today as we do every single day with AI news. And if you're joining us live, thank you. As a reminder, this is the daily live stream podcast and free daily newsletter. So if you're joining us live, make sure to get your questions in about whatever you want to know about how enterprise companies are using Gen AI. Let me know. If you're joining on the podcast, thank you as well. Make sure to check out the show notes as always for a ton of other information. Uh, but let's let's talk about what's going on in the world of AI news first. So Meta making a huge splash with AI and advertising. So Meta just announced... Uh, it's first generative AI features for advertisers. So this, uh, the new features allow um, advertisers to use AI to essentially do everything uh, when it comes to ads. So creating backgrounds, uh, expand images, you know, generate multiple versions of ad text, a little of everything. Um, and AI can even generate up to six variations of text based on the advertiser's original copy. So this is an interesting move from Meta as we see um, advertisers take some of the, or, or, or sorry, uh, media companies take some of these basic things that people are doing in other platforms uh, and working them into their own advertising suite. So uh, pretty, pretty exciting news there from uh, Meta platforms uh, that will affect obviously Facebook, Instagram, anywhere you can advertise on their platforms. Uh, second, uh, Adobe. Yeah, Adobe. Don't forget about Adobe. They're making a splash uh, in AI photo editing. So they teased uh, Project Stardust, a new object-aware editing engine. Uh, so uh, the Adobe Max Creativity Conference is next week. Uh, so uh, expect to see some more kind of Adobe leaks, uh, Adobe news, especially uh, right after Canva just had their uh, kind of magic AI announcement uh, yesterday. We covered that in the newsletter. A host of 10 different uh, AI, very user-friendly uh, AI features inside of Canvas platform. So uh, it's it's going to be going a lot of a lot of back and forth here. Uh, we're going to be seeing over the next couple of weeks on on whose kind of uh, AI designs uh, AI features and the design platform are better. Uh, and, and probably take take a look at today's newsletter. We're probably going to give an over uh, an overview of uh, Canvas. Uh, last but not least, have the tables turned on AI? Uh, maybe. So uh, new research shows how humans can read the minds of AI and control it better. Yes, that's right. Not AI controlling the minds of humans, but how humans can uh, read and control AI better. So a new study from the Center for AI Safety uh, just released a new paper, which looks at ways humans can better uh, understand and control AI technologies. So this paper they released looked at the ways that um, humans can detect when AI systems are telling the truth or lies and when they also behave morally or immorally. Wow. I'm excited about that, right? We always see and we hear and we fear, oh, can AI read our minds? And, you know, there's actually been some uh, studies out of, you know, research universities and hospitals that show, yeah, they kind of can. Uh, so we're turning the tables on you, AI. Uh, you can't trick us. Uh, hey, thank you. Thank you, everyone, for joining. Uh, I'm excited. 
you, you know, everyone's ready. Good morning, uh, Peter. Good morning. Thank you, everyone, for for joining. Um, but you didn't come here to uh, listen to me ramble about the AI news. You came to hear uh, about ways generative AI can be used at the enterprise level. So uh, very excited to bring on my guest for today. Please help me welcome Jack Adams. The, uh, he is an associate merchant and Gen AI champion at Walmart. Jack, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me, Jordan. It's it's awesome to be here, and I and I like your uh, your bit about the mind reading of AI. We're, we're taking a step to fight back. We're fighting yeah. back already. Yeah, I think <laughs> no, I, I think there's been so many things with with uh, you know the AI reading human minds. So you, you know when I saw that piece of news, I'm like, all right, humans, we're gonna chalk chalk one up for us, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah, so Jack, I mean, I, I I guess we don't have to uh, introduce Walmart at all because people know uh, what Walmart is. We all shop there all the time. Uh, but maybe tell a little bit, everyone, kind of uh, a little bit about your role and kind of what you even do as a Gen AI champion there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I've been I've been in the Walmart ecosystem for about three years now. Um, I was um, uh, an intern for for two summers in a row, actually, while I was at University of Alabama, getting my degree in in math and finance. Um, I actually did about six months in Walmart stores as I was finishing up my degree, uh, and then I just completed a 12-month rotational program called the Associate Merchant Development Program, which essentially uh, prepares you to be a merchant at Walmart and what merchants do. Um, essentially, I um, help determine the assortment that goes on the shelf for my category um, and a variety of other responsibilities as well, and I'm essentially evaluated on the P&L of that business. Um, in addition to those responsibilities, about six months ago, I got involved in the generative AI space at Walmart. Uh, really, outside of our global tech organization, um, nobody was really talking about Gen AI. Nobody was really thinking about Gen AI um, until sort of uh, ChatGPT 3.5 emerged and then, and then ChatGPT 4. Um, I identified sort of a low-hanging uh, fruit use case in, in helping optimize our site's content quality. So basically the way our uh, product names, product short descriptions, product long descriptions, basically you as a customer, what you see on site when shopping for a product. Um, I've I developed a system using generative AI um, to help optimize that content. And it's, it's been super successful so far. Um, that's sort of how I, I'd say that was sort of my in to the space. And then since then, I've been involved in a variety of other um, generative AI initiatives as well, um, as well as um, sort of just um, on the training side of things as well. So I'm touring all around the company, both within the, the merchandising organization and outside of that organization, um, leading both short and long sessions, workshops, um, educational seminars, etc., to all different functional groups across the organization, trying to make sure that we're at least all to a baseline level of knowledge when it comes to generative AI and what's going on in the world and sort of where we're headed. Wow. I love it. And I think there's such a great example right there. If you, if you missed that little piece there, uh, Jack used AI to solve a problem at the company, even though there, you know, may not have been the, um, kind of the, the architecture or that setup. Uh, I, I, I think that's a great use case. And, you know, for some companies, especially if you're smaller, you know, uh, you might be that person, right? You, you know, maybe your company hasn't even uh, embraced generative AI yet. Um, and, and you're hearing that. So I'm actually curious, uh, Jack, like, 
Um, do you have any advice for other people out there that are maybe in that position that, you know, maybe they don't work at a big, you know, a co company as big as Walmart, but they're interested in Gen AI and, and they know how to use it. How can people, you know, take that first step kind of like you did to, uh, you know, create solutions with generative AI? Yeah. Yeah. And that's a great question. I, I think that I wouldn't say that I'm an expert in that or anything. Um, I'm still very young and I'm still learning every single day. Something that I have learned in my first year, though, is that there are a lot of things that people are never going to tell you to do when you're just starting out in your career. Um, but nobody's going to complain when you go add a bunch of value. So like nobody, nobody told me, hey, Jack, go like go figure out how we can use generative AI to optimize content quality. Nobody told me, hey, Jack, get involved in um, in a variety of different educational programs. Um, nobody told me to do any of that. Right. And so. Nobody cares about your career as much as you do. And if you're really passionate about something like generative AI, go out and find the low-hanging fruit and then execute change. Mm. I love that. I love that. Just, hey, print that out, everyone. Put that on a banner. Uh, you know, but uh, one thing that I've, I've, I've actually loved uh, following uh, Walmart's progress with generative AI, because out of all the big companies, um, you know, that most of us uh, experience or use or shop at, you know, daily or weekly, um, I think Walmart's actually putting out a lot of information on how they're using uh, generative AI, where other companies, you know, maybe we're not quite sure. Um, you know, Jack, I would love to talk a little bit uh, about kind of the generative AI playground. Uh, you know, I've read about this a little bit, but uh, explain to everyone what that is and, you know, kind of how Walmart is taking advantage of this playground that they've set up. Yeah, so the generative AI playground is a system that Walmart Home Office Associates have the ability to go in and access today. It's essentially, it's just a UI built into our, it's built into our internal firewall. Um, and we've partnered with Microsoft, OpenAI, Google, so that within that generative AI playground, you have the option to select GPT 3.5, GPT 4, Google Bard, and I believe more models are coming soon. I believe even open source models are coming soon. Um, and you're able to interface with, with that just as you would interface with um, GPT 3.5 or GPT 4 or BARD or, or whatever you prefer to use mm -hmm. um, without the fear of any internal data you're inputting into that system leaking beyond our firewalls. Um, so it's been an excellent space for associ both associates that, you know, had competence in external tools like GPT 4 um, to come into the Walmart ecosystem and begin to experiment with work-related use cases. It's also been an awesome space where, like, if I'm going around and leading an educational workshop, um, I can encourage everyone in the room to hop on, mm -hmm. try out the, the playground, maybe do 15 minutes of unstructured um, prompting where they're just sort of seeing what's possible. And then I can provide them with some prompt structure, you know, provide some context, give the, give the AI system a role, um, give it a little more detail about what you want it to do. And and um, it's really cool to see people within, you know, a 20 or 30 minute session in that playground, like really figure out where it can go. And then what happens after that is people start to ideate and people say, oh, is it trained on this? Is it trained on this? Is it trained on this? And I say, no, but let's go, let's go submit to our generative AI enablement team exactly what you need it to do. Mm -hmm. And we'll, we'll go fine tune a model exactly for what you're talking about. Um, you know, and so it's it's a great just sort of starting point for exploration for the organization. Yeah, I love that. And and you know, maybe maybe give uh you know our our listeners and viewers uh an example of you know what someone might use that generative uh, AI playground for. Is this you know as an example? Maybe is this you know 
people in the marketing department ideating for new new ad campaigns? Is this to you know help um, you know compare different vendors? I mean, I mean, what exactly you know might people be using uh, this playground for, and, and how does it help uh, employees at Walmart? Yeah, I mean, we kind of say like at this point the generative AI playground and generative AI in general is the starting point and not the ending point. So it's a lot of those starting point use cases at this time, mm-hmm. um, at least within that system. Um, I would say it's a lot of email drafting. It's a lot of brainstorming. It's a lot of product development, ideating, um, at least within the merchandising organization. And then I would imagine too, I'm not as plugged in um, on marketing use cases, but I would imagine too that they're brainstorming campaigns and, and um it's it's surprisingly good at like uh like if you ask ChatGPT to create a brand out of thin air like it's it's surprisingly good at that <laughs> um so it's it's happening all over the organization i know i know legal has been really involved as well the the amount of you know pdf <laughs> format text that they have to go in and analyze that they can now run through a system like this um the time save unlock here is just going to be <laughs> insane Wow. And, you know, maybe for those listening who are, um, you know, working, working at enterprise companies, um, because it's, it's also very curious to me, um, because so many early on, right. When, you know, chat GPT kind of, you know, first, uh, hit its peak, I'd say, you know, early in 2023, so many companies were very quick to, just bought like ban, right? Ban generative AI uh, because they didn't understand it. Um, and, and it, it seems like Walmart uh, was was not in that field. They, they uh, you know, embraced it and they're using it to their advantage. So can you, maybe not even from your official Walmart role, but can you maybe even just talk a little bit uh, about the enterprise landscape and why some companies are maybe, uh, you know, adopting to gen AI faster than others? Yeah, I mean, you saw early on, I think it was just the idea of newness there and like it was so unknown when when 3.5 and 4 emerged and and even now it really is so unknown people don't have a lot of clarity on where the the outputs are coming from people don't have a lot of clarity on the legal and ethical complexities around this space um there hasn't been probably sufficient regulatory guidance passed down on on what organizations should and could do um and so I think a lot of companies, and especially, I mean, you saw with Samsung and Target and a couple of other um, key enterprises that there were issues with with data leaks through third-party systems. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think organizations saw that happening and they wanted to put the brakes on because they couldn't control what was happening at the time. Um, fortunately, Walmart didn't run into any major issues like that. And I know several teams that worked really, really hard to stand up that generative AI playground early and it wasn't perfect when it, when it launched and it's still not perfect and we have a long, long way to go and it's going to be an uphill battle. Um, But standing up that internal environment where, where associates could go play essentially Mm -hmm. with no fear of losing their job over what they input into the system. um, That's, that's when things turned around for Walmart. And I know that, our leadership, Doug McMillan, our CEO, Donna Morris, our chief people officer, um, Cheryl Ainoa, who who leads tech for Sam's Club now. Um, there's been several major, major champions of this technology since the very beginning. Um, I know that 
that Walmart historically has been sort of a second mover when it comes to emerging technology. If you think about e-commerce, um, you know, we're still sort of catching up to Amazon in that regard, but we're making significant strides there as well. Um, and I think leadership didn't want that to be the case with this technology. And so the direction has kind of been, let's run, let's run safely and minimize risk, but let's run. Um, and that's been really, really cool to be a part of. Mm. And, you know, speaking of that, because, you know, we've been talking a little bit uh, so far um, about different ways that um, Walmart's using it for kind of internal purposes, which I think is is fantastic. But that's that's not where uh, the story ends here. Uh, but, you know, maybe, um, Jack, I'm wondering if you can uh, talk a little bit uh, about ways that that Walmart is already and is planning to. Um, kind of tap into generative AI also on the customer side, because I've seen some news stories, you know, about uh, kind of a smart AI chat that's available uh, on the website. I'm sure it's, you know, continually changing and improving, but maybe talk a little bit about how uh, Walmart is leveraging generative AI to make it better for uh, its its millions of customers, you know, throughout the world. Yeah, definitely. I, I think the reason you've seen the majority of the use cases spring up on the associate productivity side of things is just because the lower hanging fruit is there and it's also relatively safer to, you know, initiate associate facing use cases um, as the customer's experience is the top priority. And there's a lot of questions around, you know, is the customer ready for generative AI? Um, what degree are they ready for generative AI? But you will see a variety of different customer facing use cases come to play here within the next couple of years. Um, one of which is a, a generative AI enhanced search function. So you think about the way that you might search things in the Walmart app or on walmart.com at the moment, and you might say um, barbecue. And then in the search bar, what, what might be returned is probably a couple of barbecue sauces, maybe a couple of barbecue grills. Um, it doesn't really understand what you're trying to get at when you type in barbecue, right? And and what this natural language search can help us do is convert that that barbecue search result to, you know, you're able to type in, I am having a barbecue. There are 12 people. Um, it's going to be outside and the system will know, mm. okay, you need hot dogs and hamburgers and buns and you might need a spatula and um, do you need a charcoal grill and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? Like it can help you create the whole event and um, basically remove fr friction from the process of whatever you're trying to buy. Um, so I think that's going to be great. I think um, there's probably going to be initiatives to help customers find products within um, large store footprints. Um, I think you'll see a variety of other initiatives come out within the next year, two years, three years. Uh, I know teams are working very, very hard um, you know, to create... It just Jack, that that to me sounds sounds wild, right? Like it seems like um such a oh my gosh, of course, like 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 use case, uh you, you know, for Walmart to have something like that. Um, because not only obviously from the company standpoint, I think it's 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 gonna really help sales, but also I think it's a win-win because that makes things so much easier for the consumer as well, because I'm sure if, you know, in your example, I'm having a backyard barbecue, you know, A, B, and C, I'm guessing this, this natural language processing, you know, a smart chat agent from Walmart. I'm sure there's a better name than that, um, <laughs> but I'm sure it's going to think of things that us humans wouldn't think of. That's going to give us a better experience, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, 
there's so much data in in Walmart systems, you know, you know, and and um, it's sort of just there's so much latent potential in the data that is there. Um, obviously, it's it's super important that we're prioritizing data privacy and and um, data responsibility. Um, but I think that generative AI is going to go so far in helping us create experiences, assortments that are very, very tailored to local and individual customer needs. Um, I think that one of the huge challenges of Walmart is how do you retain this overarching Walmart brand um, across 4,000 plus stores across the country while creating local experiences that that satisfy the needs of customers, right? Um, I think this is going to go a long, long way in helping us achieve that goal. Mm. Hey, this is Jordan, the host of Everyday AI. I've spent more than a thousand hours inside ChatGPT and I'm sharing all of my secrets in our free Prime Prompt Polish ChatGPT course that's only available to loyal listeners like you. Here's what Lindy, who works as an educational consultant, said about the PPP course. I couldn't figure out why I wasn't getting the results from ChatGPT that I needed and wanted. And after taking the PPP course, I now realize that I was not priming correctly. So I will be heading back into ChatGPT right now to practice my priming, prompting, and polishing. Everyone's prompting wrong, and the PPP course fixes that. If you want access, go to podppp.com. Again, that's podppp.com. Sign up for the free course and start putting ChatGPT to work for you. You know, again, let's uh, let's maybe take off the the Walmart hat here just for one second because I'd love to. You, you know, as someone I know, you are you are always learning more, you're always sharing more on generative AI. But you know, when it comes to just um, Gen AI in enterprise, where do you see this going? Right, like like the example of the the, the Walmart chat for customers, I love that. But you, you know, where else, especially on the enterprise, do you see this going? Because, you know, we kind of talked about the narrative early on where, you know, companies at first were like, nope, we're not touching it. Um, and now it's, you know, leaders such as Walmart are taking advantage of it. And now other enterprise companies are maybe scrambling to catch up and they're saying, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got to, you know, we were maybe wrong, you know, a year ago to, to say, you know, no, no, this, no, that. But where do you see this this landscape heading, especially for those those large companies? Um, you know, is are they all going to have their own you know large language models in house? Is everyone going to be um, you, you know acquiring small companies to help create their own? Like, how do you see this this space in general playing out? Yeah, it's that's a really interesting question. And again, I would not consider myself to be an expert. <laughs> I cannot read the future. Um, I only know what I know from my experience. And and um, what I'll say is that I think that a lot of the companies, even the companies that probably you have top of mind as companies that have said no, have banned ChatGPT, have taken a stance against AI, <laughs> I don't think that any of them are truly saying, or if there are any of them, I don't think very many of them are truly saying yeah, let's let's just avoid exploring generative AI. Let's avoid investing in generative AI. It was probably much more of a, this is very early stages. Let's pump the brakes and see what's going on here. And then let's make educated investments, um, factoring in risk. So I think that most everyone will play in this space. It's like it's like asking if, if all enterprises are going to play in the internet space, um, <laughs> like in 1997. Um, but but uh, 
the question is your question about, you know, will companies create their own foundation models? Will companies buy out other foundation models? Will they, um, you know, how will they move forward? And, and I think there's going to be a mixed bag. I, I mean, I think you saw one of Walmart's major competitors um, partnered with partnered with the foundational model within the last week or two. That was really big news. Um, it's a very different approach than than what Walmart has taken. Um, we are are very cognizant of the idea of vendor lock in and the fact that with this with this AI hype cycle, right? Like thousands and thousands of AI startups, even foundation models have have come up over the last six months and continue to come out now. And although this is a technology that is here for the long term, there will be a short term consolidation. Mm. And I think companies should be really, really wary of locking in any sort of contractual agreements um, with AI third parties that um, that may be at risk down the line. I, I think that the strategy is to make yourself as agile as possible to wherever this space leads you. Um, and that's what we're trying to do. Not to tie it back to Walmart, but that's just the lens no. through which I view it. It's it's such a good point, though, because um, even even you know take like if if we're not even talking enterprise, I think that's even a great uh, mindset and a great piece of advice Jack just gave there. Because you know the reality is this, right? Um, you know, Chat GPT is coming out with their you know, and they've already rolled out their enterprise version. Microsoft Bing Chat enterprise version. Um, you know, Microsoft 365 Copilot is coming soon. So yeah, so many of these smaller, you know, um, you know, startup Gen AI companies, there may or may not be a utility for them, right? Like, like Jack, I'd I'd, I'd love to hear your take on that. Um, you, you know, even specifically with with new features in Chat GPT. Um, you, you know, do you do you see like once these big releases um are out in the wild? You know, specifically those three I mentioned. Um, are we going to be talking about these these smaller models or smaller startups less? I wish that I could say no. Um, <laughs> I love it. I love it. I, I think that I think that competition is great for the space. Um, and I do think that there is merit to, especially to open source. Um, however, I think that with the amount of data that OpenAI has captured and that Google has captured over the last 20 years, let's just say, I think it will be a very tough battle competing with either of them long-term. Mm -hmm. um, so much money, so much resources, and so much data behind those two projects. And it's hard for me to imagine that that they won't be able to drive costs down enough in their model to make it a feasible solution for the majority of, of enterprises across the world. Mm. I love it. I love it. You know, I can't, uh, we're actually sorry and uh, apologize to everyone joining us live. Uh, our commenting system is, is not really working, but uh, you know, Mike just said, you know, wise beyond his years uh, for, for Jack, because I think that was a, a great take there. Uh, one, one question we do have here. Let me, let me scroll and get it here. So, so Ben, great question. And uh, you know, asking, you know, is, is this technology, you know, such as chat GPT um, you know, at Walmart, is it being used for things like, you know, supply chain, inventory? Like, I guess are some of these, um, you know, new technologies, are they being incorporated where presumably like you, you, you all have had these systems, you know, up and running for, for decades. So, you know, are you, uh, are, are teams using these kind of uh, the same type of systems that the rest of us are using on a day-to-day -day basis? Um, when, it when it comes to supply chain and inventory management, um, 
Definitely. Walmart has been, been using AI in supply chain and inventory management for a long time. Not necessarily generative AI, but I, um, again, I'm not as plugged in on the supply chain side of things. Um, but I do know that, that there are initiatives underway to integrate and enable generative AI over there. And then what was the, what was the follow-up to that question, Jordan? Uh, I, th I think, I think you hit, uh, I think you hit both, both sides of it there. Okay. Um, it was, yeah. Uh, in, uh, inventory, uh, management and, uh, supply chain. So yeah, I think, I think we covered it. Awesome. Um, all right. So we've, we've been a little bit all over the place, Jack. We've, we, we, we've learned about what, uh, Walmart's doing both, you know, for its employees in the generative AI playground. We've talked about how um, consumers and shoppers, you know, are are, are going to be able to better leverage uh, some of this uh, these generative AI offerings. You know, being able to chat with the, you know, kind of Walmart assistant. Uh, but I'd, I'd really love what is your, um, you know, as we wrap up here, what is your one kind of takeaway? Um, maybe for people, whether they're enterprise employees trying to, uh, you know, create kind of some initiatives um, to push something forward, or maybe they're just business owners, you know, trying to best use generative AI. So in your experience, what is your piece of advice uh, for individuals to kind of leverage this technology and move their careers or companies forward? That's a really tough question. And, and I would say that the thing that I have gotten the most value from is honestly through my personal life mm -hmm. i have learned to manipulate the machine much 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 more effectively like i go direct to chat gpt4 for literally everything my scheduling meal planning fitness planning um a variety of other points within my day i'm using chat gpt4 to help with and through that i've basically learned how to get what i want out of any given model um, and I've taken that to work with me and it makes me much, much, much more effective at work. Um, but I would say stay on top of the space, like curate your social media feed, social media, especially LinkedIn is an underrated way of staying on top of what's going on. It really doesn't take much more than 10 or 15 minutes a day of browsing. And if you have your feed set up correctly, you should know what's going on. Um, Jordan is great for that. And I can recommend several other accounts as well. I'm sure Jordan can as well. Um, but yeah, just play and explore and learn how to manipulate the machine better is my one big advice. And then I have one more kind of like um, a, a kind of a preacher moment that that I'd like to share too. If, if oh, you'd let me. I think that if you look past, if you look into the past at, at any major technological innovation, um, and you, you picture the world like it's a wave, right? Like a sound wave or a light wave um, with the top of that wave being what's possible that is good and the bottom of that wave being what's possible that is bad or evil. Any emerging technology, any disruptive technology is going to expand the amplitude of that wave. So it's going to expand what's possible that's good and it's going to expand what's possible that is evil. And I think that's especially true with AI. I think that historically, just because of, I don't know if it's the way our economic system is set up or what it is, but I think we've done a very, very good job as society at reaping the upside to that increase in amplitude. I don't think we've done a very good job at mitigating the downside to that increase in amplitude. And I'm worried about what happens with this technology um, if we don't make concerted efforts to get out in front of that now. And so sort of my, my preacher moment thing is to say, like, it's going to be my generation. It's going to be your generation. It's going to be probably everyone that's on this call that 
these major questions and these major issues are going to be up to heading into the future. And my whole thing is just don't bury your head in the sand, stay attached to the space, develop an opinion, whether it's positive or negative and stand for it hard. Mm. Y'all, we just, wow. We got not only in today's episode an inside look at how one of the largest companies in the world is using generative AI, but we got ample bullet board motivational advice from uh, our, our friend, Jack Adams. Uh, Jack, thank you so much for joining the Everyday AI Show. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right. Hey, and hey, as a quick reminder, everyone, we covered so much like and, and there's so much more to cover. There's a lot of other really great ways that uh, we just didn't have time to, to share about how Walmart's using generative AI. So uh, if you haven't already, make sure you go to youreverydayai.com. Sign up for that free daily newsletter. We're going to be recapping everything we talked about with Jack, all the things we couldn't get to and a whole lot more. So make sure you go sign up for that. And I hope to see you back for another day of Everyday AI. Thanks, y'all. That's a wrap for today's edition of Everyday AI. Thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a rating. It helps keep us going. For a little more AI magic, visit youreverydayai.com and sign up to our daily newsletter so you don't get left behind. Go break some barriers and we'll see you next time.